Welcome to What Would Ani Say podcast, where three Ani share the challenges, joys, and everything in between growing up as Korean females in Canada, where they hope to connect and empower the next generation of Korean Canadian female leaders. Hosted by TK, Yuna Lee, and Ellie Hong. Welcome to episode 10 of What Would Ani Say? I just wanted to say that it's just such an awesome milestone for the Anis to be recording episode 10. And we are so grateful for all the positive responses that we've received from our listeners. So thank you to each and every single one of you truly for listening in. We appreciate you so much and we are super excited to continue on this journey with you. So for today's episode, the Unis are going to talk about the five love languages. And to give a little bit of a background for anyone that isn't familiar with the five love languages, um, it is a concept that was developed by Dr. Gary Chapman, who is a well-known marriage counselor and director of marriage seminars. Um, I came across his book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts, um, in my early 20s when I was trying to figure out the dating scene. And it just really helped me to understand how different people receive or give love and affection. So when I was thinking about the five love languages, the first thing that was on my mind was like, okay, like it's like an actual language. So like if you speak different languages, um, it's hard for you to understand each other and to um, like basically to communicate. And I just thought about it in terms of that. And that really kind of helped me, um, I guess, really feel out like what it means to have different love languages. Um, Having said that, just like other types of languages, like these languages can be learned. Um, You can learn to like speak or give or to like listen or to receive. Um, So I thought that was an interesting concept. Um, And what about you guys? I think um, somebody told me about love languages or five love languages, and I didn't really know about it until somebody told me. And they said, hey, here's a link. You can go take a quiz and figure out your top or I guess the rank of the the five love languages to figure out which one's your top three that are the most important to you. Um, So I know we're going to get into it, so I'm not going to spoil anything, um, but that's how I came across it. And I I agree with you. It's super valuable. And I think I kind of think about it more now consciously, just knowing that and how I want to navigate through friendships, family, romantic relationships, etc., Yeah, I mean, for me, I came across the concept through just like conflict and relationships. So while I was dating, uh, I would sometimes think like, why does this make me upset? Or why does when he do a certain thing or not do a certain thing or not show affection a certain way? Why does that make me so much more upset? So I think it just came um, through a process of self-discovery when I would like research up things, um, trying to understand like relationships or how to navigate relationships. I, I came across this concept of the five love languages. Um, and I actually heard about the concept, I think, more formally in a church sermon. Oh, I remember my pastor at that time. Yeah, I was like talking about the five love languages and he talked about it 
in the concept of like relationships. And um, after that, I was like, it kind of piqued my interest. And I did the quiz and it just provided me with more insight into why I might, uh, you know, respond to different ways of love differently and helped me understand also my partner and how to like make them feel love. So I think that's how I came across the concept. And I think it's just so much more clarifying and I think it just provides like a really nice framework to uh, communicate and also better understand each other's needs in a relationship and friendship setting yeah I love the way that you explained it I think it just like uh, really highlights like the utility of the five love languages and how it can be like applied in like everyday setting and like in relationships that are like really important to us and to our like satisfaction and happiness um, and so I wanted to outline like the five different love languages. Um, so the first one that I could speak to, um, is words of affirmation. And so people with the words of affirmation as their main love languages, they like to, um, or they place a high value on like verbal acknowledge, acknowledgements or like affirmations. Um, including like verbal expressions, like I love you or like compliments or, um, words that appreciate you, um, encouragement, things of that nature. And people often want, um, or value things like frequent texting or like social media engagement, um, as well as like phone conversations. Um, do you guys have any thoughts or, like input on your view? I think words of affirmation is very interesting because all of us here are speaking like a dual language. So it's interesting because I noticed like in relationship, I would definitely if a, like a guy I was dating was like Korean and he used words of affirmation mm. that was like Korean, uh, I would like I would evoke a different effect in me. Um, I found it more affirming. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, That's so true. Yeah. Hits the yes. nail on the head. So Absolutely. I think in the context of like if you are someone from multiple uh, from the different cultures background than obviously just Canadian um, words of affirmation have almost like a deeper meaning when it's in your own language or your like native language so I just wanted to speak to that because yes. um, I, I had such a different visceral effect um, and like I could always like you know when my parents said stuff in Korean it was a lot more potent um, than if they said it like in English I almost was like oh like it seems like less like personable to me so for me when a guy yes. was like didn't speak korean and would tell me words of information like not in korean it didn't have the same effect on me um so i i found that really interesting <laughs> yeah i absolutely can resonate with like what you said about like it's almost like when you're hearing something in your native language it just like comes directly to your heart yeah like i would say Words of affirmation in English, as much as I appreciate it, I do feel it. Um, it does seem a little bit more distant. And I think it might be because we grew up with Korean parents mm -hmm. in a Korean family. So, you know, their words of affirmation towards us, you know, has or, you know, they have been super powerful. So I think it just triggers that kind of same emotion and impact 
when it's spoken to, like if our native language is spoken to us. But yes. another thing I do want to mention about words of affirmation is the whole idea about love bombing. Have you guys heard about it? Yes. Okay, so I will get into it, but I'm just going to disclose words of affirmation is my top five or my top three out of the five love languages. And I always get tripped up when you know, like potential love interests are love bombing me with all of these like beautiful affectionate words. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like he loves me. And like, you know, he cares about me. He appreciates me like all these, like literally love bombing, but there are no actions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like words of affirmation is almost like a double edged sword just because it's like, you know, you could feel very appreciative, very loved, but at the same time, it's so easy yes. to text and to say all those like beautiful things, you know what I mean? So I feel like it's kind of like, I love it, but I hate it at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. Words need to be met with action, yes. right? Oh in order God. to validate what they're saying, because otherwise it's just empty words mm-hmm. in a way, right? Yeah, and like, I just... 100% like resonate with like what you said there TK about like how you can get like so you can get into a very amorous state because like words of affirmation is like very strong love language for me as well um but then like when it's only words of affirmation then like it, it is so easy to get tripped up um and at the same time I just wanted to kind of um reflect on what you said about like it's so easy to give words of of affirmation but i would argue that it's actually a very hard thing to do and i think some people naturally like are more apt at it but for some guys like they're notoriously bad at giving words of affirmation it's like it's so hard for them to like say just like really simple things like oh i love you or like oh i appreciate you or like that's great you're amazing like they seem really simple but i think it doesn't come naturally for everyone. Maybe it varies by person, depending on what they are used to. I think it's also very, there's such a cultural context. So I think definitely in a more Asian family upbringing type of background, like words of affirmation is not really heavily emphasized. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like growing up, like my parents didn't like say like, 사랑해 or like, every single day like it was just it was said in very like important moments but like it wasn't like i wasn't love bombed every day as as a kid growing up but i look back at like other guys i've dated that come from a very european background like french and like very like uh, words of affirmation like very like yes like constantly being told that they're loved and i mean it's just a different way of i guess communicating their love and like i think it's just the way that you received it as a kid obviously will shape um how you will give it like when you're when you're growing up because that's what's like normalized in your culture and in your family so i think there's so many influences here um as well that goes even beyond the individual right it's 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 culture yeah for sure and i also want to talk about kind of the second love language which is quality time because um obviously quality time just a quick you know summary is that people who value quality time is that they actively want to spend that time with the significant other or somebody that they love and always down to hang out um, and it's always about, you know, active listening, eye contact, like full presence, you know, 
not really looking at the cell phone all the time, um, and then prioritizing, you know, like what they're doing, activities at that moment, in the present moment, in the relationship. Um, and I know that is one of my top three as well. I'm just disclosing it now. <laughs> um, and I, I always valued experiences. So I think just any kind of memories that we can make together, whether it's going to a nice restaurant or to go traveling or um, doing some kind of an activity, whether it's skating, um, snowboarding, going on a cottage trip, like whatever it may be, like those really mean a lot to me. But also, I just find that with the whole, you know, social media and, you know, the rise of technology and how we're so like glued to our phones and like the screens in general, um, I feel like quality time gets frequently interrupted. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always checking my phone as well, whether it's work emails, personal emails, I want to check Instagram, I want to see what my friends are doing on us, I want to see their stories and vice versa with, you know, my significant other. Um, so I wonder, like, for you guys, like, did quality time score high, like, in top three? Or what are your thoughts on social media, cock blocking, quality time? <laughs> I love how you face that, TK. Um, but absolutely, I would say quality time is something that you literally have to, like, almost fight for in our current culture because we're constantly bombarded by, by texts and messages and emails. And uh, it's also, like, a very delicate subject to, like, kind of bring up to, like, a friend or significant other because you also don't want to, like offend them in a way like it, it almost feels like you're infringing on their right but at the same time it's like everyone has different standards on what they think is acceptable or how to protect that quality time like is it okay for someone to like check their phone really quickly is it okay for someone to take a call like what environments is that okay um and you know there, there's such uh i guess what i'm trying to say like such a gradient i guess in terms of like what is quality time to to people and also like this difference between like quality time and what's like instagrammable time because it's like you know this whole idea in our culture like did it really happen if you didn't like instagram story it or yeah it's like is your relationship official if it's not instagram official exactly exactly <laughs> and like I'm like guilty of it as well like it's like I just want to like document things and it's like our culture and it's like I feel like the act of documenting things sometimes can get like take away from that quality time a little bit because you're less like present if you're like constantly feeling like you have to like videotape the food and different things I enjoy doing it but it definitely does like interrupt a little bit into the quality time but I don't know what do you think you know for me, quality time is definitely, I think it's my second like top love language after words of affirmation. So it's like super, super important. And like, I will admit that it's one of the ones, like I try not to be like this, but it's one of the ones where if I don't get it or if I don't see like good evidence of quality time, I will get upset. Like I actually will like mention it or like I will sulk. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so like, it used to be that I used to sulk a lot more um, and I've been trying to be a little bit better at like voicing it um, but like I'm definitely like better with 
like if a partner like kind of gives a context to it like oh like i really have to check this because like this has like a timeline and then like they check their phone like quickly or like oh i really need to like check on this person because like they were i don't know like they broke up with their girlfriend yesterday or something like that so if there's like contextual information then i can be a lot more understanding but if that isn't given and like if i'm spending time with my significant other and if they like check their phone then yeah i will kind of be like hey like what are you doing like i thought we were supposed to be like doing this together like why are you distracted basically so yeah it is one of the ones that where that will come up a lot and like in terms of the social media engagement like i just tend to be like very affected by like social media so i try to like have almost like an absence of social media in my life um now that comes at a cost so that comes at a cost of like losing sometimes like connections that are maybe like um you know can be better sustained or like people don't know what i'm up to and like it is harder to keep in touch and especially during covid it was harder um but but yeah because like i am that way like i think that i'm also a little bit less understanding of like other people that do it um but if i also know the person well and if i know like that's kind of like their habit or that's like their um kind of like a daily routine and if they're um like if i'm used to it and expecting it then i think i'm i'm better with it yeah but i think quality quality time also means like the other person has to be taking more of a proactive approach the initiative to tell you and communicate beforehand this is what i'm doing and why i'm doing it like i'm checking my phone because blah 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 or quality Mm -hmm. time as in hey i think on the weekend we should get away and you know spend quality time together so you know Mm -hmm. here are some options on airbnbs that we can look at locations that we can go stuff like that so obviously it has to be a two-way street but quality time I think for me personally, it doesn't mean just you sit on the couch together and just stay in silence, you know, looking at your phones or go to a restaurant and look at your phones the whole time. It's like yeah. actually proactively making plans to do things and be fully or partially present um, and kind of make that effort. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think for me, quality time is like that active listening aspect of it. So it's like uh, that statistic, I think it's like 70% of communication is actually like your body language. So it's that eye contact. It's it's how you, um, you know, how you're facing them, like, you know, all those different aspects, your facial expression um, and not and only like 30% is like actually what you say. So that's really interesting um, when you're trying to like connect with someone um, that in order to have that quality time, you need to really like be present and really be listening to like the words that are coming out of that person's mouth in order to be that you can't like multitask um so so absolutely um and the other aspect of that is like for me personally like um quality time doesn't have to be a long amount of time like it doesn't have to be like a whole weekend because like i'm also quite introverted so i'm quite happy like being by myself like doing my own stuff but when I'm choosing to spend the time that I can perfectly, you know, spend happily by myself, if I'm choosing to spend that time with somebody else, then like I want that time to be kind of like um, be a high quality time, even if it's not a long time. And I actually think that like if 
the quality drops and if it like drags on i actually really don't enjoy that quality time because yeah, it's not a high quality anymore mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so uh thought we could move to the next uh love language which is acts of service so if your love language is, a, is acts of service you really value when your like partner goes out of their way to make like your life easier so examples is like your partner getting you sick uh bringing you soup bringing you soup when you're sick is what i meant to say <laughs> um, so little gestures like that um can really go a long way and make you feel loved and uh i could definitely say uh like acts of service is like definitely very big in like my family so like i guess like cooking food is falls under the umbrella so like that was like my mom's big love language she would always like make me chook or like miyokuk on my birthday or like those things um are it was how she would like display her love and it was through those acts of service uh that that you would you know that she would uh portray her affection and and love towards uh, me and my brother how about you guys Um, yeah um i would say acts of service is definitely on my top three um, and yeah, like I said, or I guess you mentioned as well, like there was a, an incident where I was really sick and I couldn't really get out of my bed. And then the guy that I was seeing at the time, he, did the guy bring you sickness did he make you sick? <laughs> or did he bring you soup? And then he brought you soup after too. Which, which one? Yeah, which which one? one did he give me? Um, yeah. He ended up bringing me like a get well card and he wrote like a little nice like message in it. Um, and then he brought me like medication um, and like a mm-hmm. lot of like snacks that I really wanted. Um, and that meant so much. So I know like active service is for sure like up there. Um, and I think it's just really cute. Um, so like my mom, obviously, like you mentioned, uh, Ellie, my mom's also huge in active service. So she cooks all the time, you know, she prepares everything. Um, and I love her for that. But, uh, I guess my, my mom, um, I always kind of ask her, it's like, you know, what does like dad do like around the house or like whatever. And then I guess, um, the thing that she said was, oh, your dad never really makes me like touch like garbage so he always takes care of like garbage around the house like nothing too like gross um so he's always the one taking out the garbage he's always the one kind of like gathering everything for like recycling and you know whatever that they gotta do so i thought that was really cute it's like they have a division of active service around the house <laughs> Aww, that's really <laughs> cute. cute um i guess like acts of service yeah is big like with my parents as well maybe it's something about like the korean culture where you have to like show love like through acts rather than like other means like it's kind of i feel like there is kind of a skew on that Um, definitely yeah so definitely like my parents are like huge and they don't particularly like um voice it a lot maybe like my mom does voice it quite a bit more than like my dad but the way they like give and receive it's kind of like it they're in different types so my dad will definitely give more in like acts of service and i think my mom like gives more like words of affirmation but i think it's cute because like even though their love languages are kind of slightly different they can still like communicate with each other like because they've learned to like receive it in that way so i think that's also an important aspect of like the relationship as well as that like maybe like you you won't meet someone that's like a perfect fit 
like in terms of your different love languages but if you can over time like communicate and like like learn to kind of receive and give in a way that the other person can appreciate then i think yeah that's that actually makes the relationship like work regardless of like you know if there's a mismatch in the in the uh, type of love language that you prefer mm-hmm yeah. And yeah, so the next love language is gifts. So this is like number one <laughs> for me this, uh, for, for love languages. Uh, so like, I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding around like for people who have gifts as a love language. True, like we don't, si- similar to quality time, like we don't need like big exorbitant gifts. It's like small gifts. So it, it like I try to explain this to my partner, but it could be like, something as small as like a little like love note like that's still a gift or like a ferroche chocolate like that's still a gift it's just like you feel loved when you have like visual physical symbols of love that's not it's not really about the monetary value but it's the symbolic thought and the thoughtfulness behind the item mm. so for me like when i receive a gift like it tells me that that person took the time to go out get that gift thought of how it like is a perfect gift for me and and like that whole process is like what actually makes me feel loved and like personally for me like so for my mom her love languages was quality time but for my dad it was definitely acts of service and no sorry it was actually always gifts is what i meant to say and it was so funny because like i remember growing up my dad would, would like take me shopping and then my mom would be like oh my god he's gonna take you shopping again and then he would take me shopping and he would just get me everything i would want and then my mom would be like so upset she'd be like oh my god you like spoiled her too much and then she would take me back to the shopping mall and like return all the oh stuff my god <laughs> yeah because she was like you know she doesn't need this she doesn't need this um so it's very interesting because like for my mom she was all like you know like she doesn't need like all these like gifts and then for my dad it was all about the gifts so i grew up with like i guess parents that had like different love languages um and uh like so i always like associated like gifts with like a good thing and like um something that I always like wanted like more of (laughs) and and because it was kind of like taken away from me it created this like scarcity um, mindset Mm. where I was like oh like this is like very rare (laughs) to get like my mom was the type to be like oh even for like Christmas like we don't need gifts we just need quality time and like I was like no like I want gifts on this tree (laughs) Um, so I was it was always like this push pull like of my mom like she's a very like non-materialistic like very christian woman and she's like you shouldn't need like material things and then like on the flip side my dad was like all about like the gifts and like he was just kind of like not allowed to express it fully because of my mom um and then that that had such an influence on on me growing up and it was something that shaped why i like really value gifts uh at this point in my life still because i'm like oh there's so much thoughtfulness it is something i didn't have a lot of uh growing up um but still was a way i was shown love especially by my dad that totally makes sense and like in terms of the gift giving i totally agree that there is like some element of like shame associated with it and like i would sometimes feel guilty for like wanting gifts especially like if that gift was kind of like you know nice or like expensive or like that kind of thing um but yeah like it is i think it doesn't have to be a shameful thing to like to want to have or to give gifts and like it is really more the thought behind it that does count um for me gifts is interesting because while i don't 
um, recognize it as my top love language. I think it's something that I like to give. Um, so I actually enjoy the process of like selecting gifts and like kind of thinking about like that person's reactions. And I like picking like kind of the perfect thing that that person will really appreciate. And that kind of gives me like a sense of joy. So even if it isn't, you know, like a super, it doesn't have to be like a super expensive thing, but it might be something that they mentioned like in passing. And yeah, like that process um, actually also makes me feel love like for that person i don't know if that makes any sense but so like it is um kind of special to me like in that way more so when i get gifts like it's nice but i think that i'm very practical so i want the gift to be something that i really like want and i'm also like very picky like annoyingly so like sometimes like if that person gives me a gift but like it's not the right color or if it's not like the right size or like whatever then i actually won't like it as much as like some of the oh other God. like it's so things true. <laughs> i remember going to your place you did you'll be like yeah. so i got this as like a gift and you're like i don't like this <laughs> <laughs> you like secretly and tell like me. it's so hard <laughs> because like you like i do appreciate the thought behind like wanting to get me a gift but like you know like secretly i'm like but this is not practical i will never use it (laughs) no i'm i'm the same way like i like giving gifts um that mean something to them like whether they say it in passing or i know they need it or i feel like they will really like it or whatever um but i i'm this I, i wouldn't say i'm like as picky as you but i don't like receiving gifts that i i'm not gonna use or will have any value around, you know, my place or things that I do on a day-to-day basis. Um, So yeah, I agree. I agree with you. (laughs) I just remember my dad, um, when we first came to Canada, like he gave me a gift uh, from like sports check, but um, like I'm a very girly girl, okay? Like I don't do like a ton of sports, like I'm not like into that kind of stuff i like pretty things and like if you get me like something sparkly pretty thing then i will generally like be happy or even if it's just like i don't know like a decoration or like a vase or like whatever right those are the kind of things that i like um but he got me like this really warm like gray ugly looking like large fleece jacket and like my dad really sucks at like picking gifts you know like i was like 12 and i was like you know, I actually like couldn't hide that I was like so disappointed. And oh, I it just showed on your face. Oh no. <laughs> it just showed on my face. Like I could not be like, like Thank I you. don't like this. I could yeah. be like, I don't like it. Oh <laughs> so I just remember that so vividly. Yeah. Oh no. For for me, my dad's so good at picking gifts. Like they just got back from Korea a couple weeks ago and like he got me like pants that like are jeggings that fit like perfectly and then he thought of like getting these like soju um, like shots and it had like customized like my name was written in a little soju bottle it was like ceramic soju uh bottle and he got it for like the whole family and then he got like these like pens which were like super practical like all the gifts were like super like practical but like customizable and personable yeah but they were like they were just like such nice gifts um that he had like thought of (laughs) to bring us from korea so yes (laughs) so can your dad be my friend 
Yeah, I think it's like it's just it's just like everyone from my dad's side of the family love giving gifts. Like I just remember going to a Korea and then my grandmother wow. giving me like purses, like earrings, like designer stuff. Like it was just like constantly barrage of gifts. <laughs> um, and it, it was like wow. so different from my mom's side of the family, which was all about like the food and the acts of service. So very different, like I guess like upbringing um, and like different love languages between like my mom's family and my dad's family, but. Yeah, I always I always like love the gifts because I felt like I felt spoiled. I was like, oh, my God, I feel spoiled. And like I always associated that with like some like receiving so much love um, and like so different because like my mom never used to like, I guess, spoil me, quote unquote, growing up. So, yeah. And then I guess last but not least, um, the fifth love language is physical touch. Um, and so people with physical touch as one of their top love languages, um, they feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection, including kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, and, you know, more so, you know, after midnight, I guess. Um, but physical intimacy and touch <laughs> can be really affirming for them. Did you just get the reference, Yuna? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was thinking about it. Like, for like five more seconds than I should I have. I'm like reading and I'm like, I think Yuna just got it. You burst out laughing. I just like, it's like after midnight, what happens? I was like, I will be sleepy. <laughs> um, but that's how they feel loved. Um, I don't know about you guys. Physical touch is not really up my list, but I... But that doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just not comparable to, you know, words of affection, you know, acts of service, whatnot. Um, but it is important um, because, you know, why do you not want to cuddle with your significant other on the couch watching Netflix? I mean, for me, I would say physical touch is definitely my top in my top three. It's like probably number two. Uh, I just love constantly cuddling like if I had a partner that didn't like to cuddle like that would be a deal breaker for me because like for me like I just need to always have like a hand on them or like some body part on them because um, like that's like really affirming to me and for me I feel a lot closer so like if I go like a whole week without any form of cuddling like I'll feel very disconnected and I actually notice like a palatable difference in the how connected I feel to them uh, and it's a very powerful emotional connector for me um, and I love cuddling I that's why I specifically picked a dog I have a dog that like loves to cuddle <laughs> and I'm always spooning her um, but I love just like any form of affection that's like physical personally for me just because um, I don't know I just respond so well to it and I feel a lot closer yeah there's something about that like mind body like emotion connection I think for me as well that makes it really really important and I think like personally, like in my family, like touch was not like a big love language that we like gave and received. But like I noticed that in my romantic like partnership, like it's so important to me. And it's kind of like um, the way that I recognize it a lot is like when I'm upset about something, if my partner like comes over and like touches me, I get like a very like visceral response like to that where like i feel almost like softened 
and like I'm not as upset anymore. So that that's why like when I have like a fight with my significant other, um, it makes a big difference for me if I fight with them in person because then like that kind of a physical release can like happen very um, like instantaneously and like just it helps to dissolve a lot of conflicts like that um, I guess like take could take a longer time for like the words to solve. Absolutely. Yeah, there's something about like that physical touch that can help like dissolve conflict, right? Like just the hug or a kiss that makes you feel instantly better. Um, and like, almost like you don't you don't feel like you have to like, keep arguing anymore, because you just received that hug, and it makes it all better. Um, and I think that there's an aspect of physical touch for sure, for me personally, that makes me feel like very protected and safe. Uh, so it's not even like the emotional connector, but it's just that feeling of like being safe in that space. And you're like kind of almost being cocooned. Um, and uh, like for me that's what a relationship is like it's a space where you feel safe and I think physical touch is a way to to feel even more safe in a more physical level even yeah that's a really good perspective as well and like that just reminded me of a study that I probably won't be able to quote all the details of but it was basically like about a um, baby monkeys and they had like fake mother monkeys that either had food or they were like furry and the baby monkeys actually like preferred the furry monkeys over like furry fake monkeys over the the fake monkeys that had food so it's like it's almost like it does it triumph you know like the need for like food which is like without food you will die but like without cuddling like you won't die but there's something like missing in that yeah do you think um because i i came across love languages and the concept of it maybe like a few years ago um, do you think your love language or the ranking of it changed from when you were younger? Because I look back and words of affirmation has always been kind of up top. So sad. I get swayed by words. I'm very gullible. But um, it has always been kind of on my top list. Um through texting or on the cards or love letters or whatever it may be I think I always craved it so I don't think that went away but I think quality time probably creeped up to top three because you know as we talked about in other episodes I was busy you know studying (laughs) and doing extracurricular activities like my mind was focused on getting good marks getting internships co-ops jobs so like I was more focused on that than you know going getting a boyfriend or going into getting into a relationship or anything like that so quality time I feel like didn't really matter as much um probably in high school or whatnot um but I think as I got older time is scarce now (laughs) so um I think it just kind of creeped up on my top three but I don't know if that changed for you guys or not yeah I would say for me like I mentioned like gifts being my top and I would say similar to UTK like quality time really crept up to almost be like equal to to gifts uh I remember like earlier on like even like maybe three to four years ago like I would get so upset if like I went to a mall and I'm almost embarrassed to say this like I went to a mall and like I wanted the guy to buy me something and if they did it I would actually like 
cry. Like I would like it would have such an emotional response on me because like for me that equated to like they didn't love me enough to buy me that. Like I just attached such a meaning to it um and i had to really like dig deep to be like why why did it like mean so much to me that they get me this thing because for them they were like oh like you know that didn't mean a lot like i'd rather get you something that's a you know that's more thoughtful or for an event but uh, or like for your birthday or something like that and uh yeah over time i realized that you know um just because someone buys you something doesn't necessarily mean like they like love you authentically either right it's not always like associated so similar to what you guys were saying with like words of affirmation being a double-edged sword i also think gifts can be a double-edged sword where someone can i realize like someone can get you gifts like just like you know um to almost like manipulate you in a way or to kind of like or like impress you from the yeah, get-go like, like give like love gift bombing bomb you. yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. love bombing but like gift bomb you um and i realized like i am susceptible to that because like someone can give me a lot of gifts and i remember i there was one particular relationship i stayed in a lot longer than i should have it wasn't the right relationship for me because they would gift bomb me and i knew that it wasn't the right relationship there was dysfunctional aspects of it but because they kept gift bombing me it was very confusing because I would feel loved but then it would kind of like manipulate me and it would make me stay in the relationship a lot longer than I should have so I think after that experience it kind of changed um, and made me realize you know uh, quality time and really how you connect with your partner and uh, having a partner that authentically that you connect with is like really really important Um, and like even though I really still prioritize it and um, love receiving like really thoughtful gifts um, I think it's like it depends on like the person too and it depends on and it has to be matched with that quality time and like that authentic connection um on top of just like the gifts so i think that's what's changed with just a little bit more experience i guess um in the dating scene Hmm. i think for me it's been kind of like pretty consistent like i don't think i think in terms of the ranking they may have like changed orders but in terms of the top three they've always kind of been my top three and even when i think about like um when i think about my childhood like they were like very predominantly like the way i felt affection was like through like words and like quality time and like physical touch Um, maybe physical touch has become a little bit more stronger as I've had like more kind of romantic relationships as opposed to like in my family that wasn't very strong so yeah I think for me it has been a little bit more consistent but as you have mentioned earlier um, something about the like the love bombing aspect of like how words of affirmation could trip us up I think something that I've um, learned to pay attention to is like whether the acts of service back up the words of affirmation so it's like does your action match your words and then often if i think that like if someone is genuinely wanting to give you love and like for yourself as well if you want to give someone love um you're not necessarily like you may have stronger stronger love languages like over the other ones but it's not necessarily that you're only going to give them like one type of love it's most likely that they will give you like a variety of like different ways and if as their feelings get stronger like those things will kind of like all um show up unless like there's like you know a specific reason that they won't engage in that way um so i think like usually like they will all appear and like you may recognize one or the other like stronger than the others 
Um, but I think that's kind of like how I've recognized um, like the love languages to be. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my thought on that. Yeah, I mean, a word that comes to mind when you were um, talking about that, you know, it's like love languages that are done with integrity. So there's like consistency with like your character and like your words and your actions. Like there's no like you're saying one thing, doing another, you're gifting and you're showing thoughtfulness, but you're doing another. So there is like consistency, I guess, through that. And that is so, so important. I think when we're receiving love that it's done with like authenticity and integrity. And that's something that... um I've learned and, I, and you guys have said you guys have learned uh, through through our relationships. Uh, so to wrap off, I mean, this was an amazing um, topic to talk about the five love languages. Um, and just to repeat them again, the first one is the words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts and physical touch. Um, uh, yeah, it's just been such an interesting topic to talk about. And uh, thought we could, the audience could just like say one liner to kind of wrap up and uh, like a takeaway for our listeners. Uh, TK, do you want to, do you want to start? Ooh, I would say um, learn your five love languages. Um, it's super easy to find them on the, on the internet. So get to know yourself first before um before anyone else i think would be uh, a statement or um, a learning that i would like to share with our listeners how about you yuna um i think for me i would say look to receive the love in many different languages so I think that if you are on the lookout for all these different types, then you may be surprised that there are people showing you affection in different ways than maybe you give them credit for. And that actually has been game changing for like a lot of my relationship. And for me, I would say one word is to communicate with your partner, what your love language is, and have your partner communicate to you what their love language is. So you're dissolving and preventing possible conflicts that might arise in that relationship. So that wraps up our episode 10, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And don't forget to give us a follow at What Would Ami Say? And we're excited to see you guys next time. Bye.